Hi everybody and welcome back to the Unofficial Guide to Medicine podcast. Today is another one of our OSCE revision series and today we're going to be covering how to take a good abdominal history. Today's presenter is Danielle, who is an intercalating student at the University of Birmingham. Hi everyone, today we're going to be covering abdominal pain history taking. As one of the main specialities covered in med school, taking a history of a patient presented with abdominal pain might be something that's been drilled into you since first year. But hopefully this podcast will give you some really helpful hints and tips that you can fall back on under the stress of an OSCE and when talking to patients. Taking a history of abdominal pain follows the same structure as most other histories. So we're going to begin by spending a bit of time discussing how to approach assessing presenting complaint. And as with all histories of pain, Socrates becomes your best friend in this situation. So here is a quick refresher of the types of questions that you will be including. Question number one, where is the pain? So not only do we want to know where the pain is when the patient is presenting, we also want to know where the pain started. Without discussing too much anatomy, pain from visceral structures tends to be more diffuse and people are less able to pinpoint where the pain is actually coming from. Parietal pain, however, tends to be more well localised and a sharper pain. So appendicitis is a really common example of this where pain might begin diffuse and centralised and then become more localised, typically in the right iliac fossa, as when the inflammation increases, the peritoneum becomes irritated. So type of pain, the character and onset is also really important, leading us on to questions two and three. It's here that I want to give you my first key tip of the podcast. So this is a tip that was shared with me by one of the consultants in my first clinical placement and really changed the way that I was thinking about these questions. So the tip is, tip number one, ask questions that would allow you to draw a graph of the pain of the patient over time. This becomes really helpful in guiding your consideration of differentials. For example, a pain that woke somebody up and then fluctuated in intensity may suggest colicky pain, perhaps suggesting a diagnosis such as biliary colic. Patients may describe their pain as reducing when they're in a certain position, which might actually be the patient describing a colicky pattern of pain, with the position just being a coincidence. Asking if this pain is similar to something that the patient has already experienced may also be helpful, as describing pain in words becomes really difficult. A useful point to remember is that pregnancy is a colicky pain, so patients who have previously given birth may describe other colicky pains as similar to giving birth. So our next question using Socrates is radiation. Here we want to ask if the pain spreads anywhere else. In terms of abdominal pain, remember retroperitoneal structures may radiate to the back, such as pancreatitis may present as back pain. The next tip for today is to signpost when discussing associated symptoms. Cardinal symptoms not to miss include altered bowel habits, rectal bleeding, dysphagia and nausea and vomiting. It's really important to ask details about these changes, such as asking the colour of vomit, as fresh blood would lead you down a very different line of questioning to coffee ground vomit. If a patient has dysphagia, asking if this is both solids and liquids, just solids, and if they're able to swallow their own saliva. Questions may become very personal, such as asking how many times a patient has opened their bowels, and if they're constipated, are they still able to pass wind? It's therefore really helpful to signpost patients and make them aware of the types of questions you're going to be asking and why these are important. In terms of a patient with abdominal pain, signposting also becomes really important later in the history where a sexual history may be vital to rule out gynaecological causes such as ectopic pregnancy, which you really don't want to miss. Explaining why you need to ask personal and perhaps in the patient's mind unrelated questions may make people more comfortable and open with their answers.
For more information regarding taking a sexual history, listen to our podcast by Lydia, who gives some really helpful tips for taking what could be a potentially tricky and awkward history. The next step in presenting complaints section of our history is exacerbating and relieving factors. Here it is important to ask what the patient has already tried to make the pain better. And don't forget, peritonitic pain is worsened by movement. For completeness, the last part of Socrates is severity, which you can gain an indication of by asking a patient to score their pain on a scale of 1 to 10. Ask if their pain has increased over time and be very cautious if a patient had really high pain that suddenly drops to zero, as this could indicate a potential rupture. As with all other histories, it is then important to move on to past medical history and surgical history to assess if the patient has had any other abdominal problems. Previous surgeries could lead to adhesions, so this might also be important to assess. Drug histories may focus on NSAIDs and thinning agents such as warfarin if you're concerned about GI bleeding. And family and social history may include alcohol consumption, considering causes of pancreatitis, close contacts with similar symptoms, suggesting if there's an infectious cause, and first degree family members with other conditions that might be related, such as IBD or celiac disease. Don't forget to record how family members are related when taking a family history, including what side of the family they're from and the age of onset if there's any other diseases that run in the family. My final tip for today is to have a purpose behind all of the questions that you're asking. So what I mean by this is to ask questions that can help you rule in or out diagnoses whereby the patient's answer to your question will really drive your next question and perhaps your entire line of questioning. This will really help you to tick the box of taking a focused history and will ensure that you are actively listening to the patient. This will prove very helpful when summarising the patient as you will already have a picture of the main positive and negative findings that you need to present and have considered a list of differentials. So thank you so much for listening today. I've tried to include tips given to me that I found really useful in clinical practice and OSCEs. I hope you have found these tips helpful and can continue to share around these pieces of information that might make taking an abdominal history just a little bit easier. Thank you everybody for listening. If you would like to purchase the unofficial guide to passing OSCEs, you can do so via our website or via our Amazon shop. There'll be another OSCE revision podcast released next Sunday, so make sure you tune in then. All of our podcasts are advertised on our social media, so make sure you go and give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. See you next week.